This is Terry Wilkie, and uh, you're going to hear a lot of pitching this morning. In the room with me now, I have Macy Jones, Keith Brownell, and Bev Livingston. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, thank you. So the reason we are all gathered together just for a few minutes is we want to ask everybody to pick up that phone or go to the computer and show your support for KKFI. Isn't that right, Macy? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's very important that the community get involved in the aid and assistance with donations towards the continued success of KKFI, their community radio station. Well, it's our community radio station, isn't that right? And we're all volunteers here, and so we're all used to giving to the station, and I'll tell you why I do that. I hear things on KKFI that... I don't get to hear anywhere else except kind of like on the streets, talk, going around talking to people I know. And th- th- I think that's very interesting to me. What do you think about that, Keith? What do you want to tell us? Well, I think it's, it's important as well that you get to hear things on KKFI that you don't hear anywhere else. And one of the other things that I think is that if we don't keep on getting – funded by the community, then we're not going to be able to stay on the air. And people are not going to realize how valuable this service is until it's gone, and then it's going to be too late to try to do anything about it. You don't have any idea how much important information is being withheld from you uh, by these other so-called news medias and things. They, They are very careful about the things that they let come across the airways. And we're blessed to have a, a radio station. We need more media outlets, but we at least we do have that. And they don't even have that in a lot of places uh, outside of Kansas City. So we are blessed to have a radio station where we can come and get information that's not talked about on other news outlets. And it's a great radio station. We broadcast 100 miles from the tower, which is near the baseball stadium, on the radio, on the car radio, on any regular radio unit, and we live stream around the world. So how do you listen to KKFI, Bev? Do you listen on your phone? I listen on my phone and also in the car. And today I would really like to target new donors because historically less than 10% of listeners donate. So there are a lot of them out there and sometimes the first step is to let them know how simple and easy it is. For $10 a month or $120 one-time gift, you can receive a vintage KKFI trucker hat and also the guest DJ certificate for a donation of $200 one time or $16.66 per month. And when I think about that, you can go out for lunch or dinner or whatever and spend $16.16. And as Keith said, knowledge is power. And we have a lot of knowledge that is shared on the different programs at KKFI. So I would like to extend an invitation and a call to action and give our listeners our number to call. And that's 888-931-0901 or pledge online at kkfi.org. 
I'm just looking forward to lots and lots of donations today, and I am going to start by kicking it off myself. Why, thank you, Bev, for that. I'm going to tell you that's the best value you're going to get for your money. I think about the ways I spend a dollar every day, and I'm, I don't feel like I get good value for every dollar I spend. But if listeners, if you give $1 a day, $30 a month on your credit card, if you become a sustained giver, call us now at 888-931-0901 and tell that friendly phone operator, Angelica Macy, is that what you said her name is? Angela. Angela. Yeah. Katrina. Yeah. She's they're They're ready to take your call and say you'd like to be a sustained giver. So just a dollar a day. And think of the value about that because you're listening now. You rely on Democracy Now. You rely on our show that's coming up, Jaws of Justice. We're, we're getting ready to, to bring you that show. So, um, This is your chance. You can go online at kkfi.org, or here is another very smart, very easy thing. Go to KKFI Facebook page and just click that donate button on Facebook. And that that works, that's that's beauty. And uh, so this is your chance. Uh, We're going to uh, begin Jaws of Justice now, so Everybody stay tuned. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Welcome to Jaws of Justice Radio on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. It's Monday morning. My name is Terry. Today, for the Pledge Drive, we're bringing a very special show because this is the KKFI Pledge Drive. Let's come together to support the beauty of community radio. Jaws of Justice is a weekly, locally created hour intended to inspire action toward preventing injustices. There's a need to raise awareness and foster a fair legal system. What you can do, please, call us now at 888-931-0901 and make a pledge of your support. You've got options. You can call and provide a credit card number. You can call and offer to mail a check. You can pay one time or you can set up a monthly pay promise. We call that sustained giving. For as little as a dollar a day, in a day or a month, your donation will grow. Please think of the ways you spend a dollar a day and call us now. Call 888-931-931. 0901 to pledge that dollar in support of the benefit of the KKFI 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week programming of information, entertainment, and enlightenment. We only exist because of you, so please call 888-931-0901 
to make a pledge or go online securely to kkfi.org and click the donate button. If you prefer, we have a Facebook fundraiser option on the KKFI Facebook page. For the pledge drive, we're bringing a very special show. Host Macy Jones will speak with another of our hosts, Keith Brownell. Keith is a member of Missouri Cure, Citizens United for Rehabilitation of Errants. Keith has studied how to defeat oppression at the Missouri Department of Corrections. When you listen to Keith, you will be sure to learn news and items of intellectual interest. Keith is a natural fit for KKFI because he's an independent thinker. On Jaws of Justice, we examine how to find justice in our society. Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Now our show. All right, we're going to open up our show. This is the Jaws of Justice show during the pledge drive. And in the room with me, I am so lucky. I have Macy Jones, Keith Brownell, Bev Livingston, and on Zoom, we have Craig and his trusty stalwart, Minnie. So good morning, everybody. Good morning. Can we hear you okay, too, Craig? I have to keep checking all my mics. This is your chance, listeners, before we go into our program to call us at 888-931-0901. Or you can go online to kkfi.org. And the reason this is important is Jaws of Justice is a locally made weekly justice issues show. And we're all volunteers, and we do this for nothing, isn't that right? Yes, that's correct. Now, Bev, I won't have time to do the calendar today because of this pitching. So do you want to share with our listeners what it is you do and what they need to know is going to happen this week? Yes, I'm Bev Livingston, founder and chief advocate for Mothers of Incarcerated Sons and Daughters, better also known as MIST, M-I-S-D. We're meeting Saturday, as we do every month, second Saturday at the Plex Pod at 39th and Warwick. And we begin at noon, we're, we're done at 1.30, and at that time we cover everything from legislative matters, reforms, other things that engage the family, persons who are incarcerated. Uh, we show support to the children and to people who are um, part of the incarcerated families struggle. And we have seen many changes and we hope that anyone who is in a situation where you need answers or you have questions or whatever, come and join us Saturday, this Saturday, noon until 1.30, at 39th and Warwick at the Plex Pod at Westport. And at that meeting, you can talk about how KKFI brings you great information. Isn't that the truth? Now, Keith, when's the last time you talked to a person, not here, but about KKFI? I'll, I'll answer first. My, my family and friends, they know this is what I do. I talk to people frequently about KKFI. <clears throat> I talk to people frequently about Missouri Cure and other organizations like MISS, and I try to make them understand that you can't get comfortable just because 
you have these avenues available. You know, we you know, we've got so many bad things going on in the world. You need a hundred organizations that's out here trying to fight against these things. And we have a, the people who are actually out here trying to fight against it. They have a tremendous burden on their shoulders to try to do the work that needs to be done by other people. So we always appreciate whatever support we got or that we get from other people. And, and you, you have a constant need to keep reminding people of this. And you can do this by showing your support and call 888-931-0901. Keep this kind of information available for everyone to hear. Now, we have a champion this hour. Kathy Peters has promised to match the first $100 we get. So we have two very friendly phone operators available. You can go online to kkfi.org. And any amount given up to $100 is like doubled to $200. She will match the first $100. So if what is slowing you down is you're thinking, oh, well, I can only give $20, just think it's like $40. That's a dollar a day. Macy, what do you, what do you think people should do now? I think that individuals should call in to 888-931-0900. Zero one, and make that donation. Make that pledge. Every little bit counts. Everything is an assistance to the continuing of our community radio station. Don't you think that that would be the best thing to do? You're getting information that you can't get, as Keith Brownell has said, from any other media. We keep it open, honest, and real for you. And not only is donating and finances important, also in your time, like Teresa expressed, we're all volunteers here. We receive no pay for this. Well, we, we want to thank you for listening. Isn't that the <laughs> truth? Yeah, thank you, thank you for listening. Go ahead. Most definitely that. We most definitely wanted to thank you for listening. However, we also want to thank you for your support as well during this pledge drive. And that number again is 888-931-0901. Now, we only have a couple of minutes left, but for the entire hour, Kathy Peters' generous donation up to $100 is going to be matched. If people call us now and show their support, not only for KKFI, but for Jaws of Justice, that just makes us, we're volunteers here, that makes us feel so good. We're, we're thinking, well, a good thing we are imparting this information to the people. We all do great shows. And uh, so this is your chance. Bev, you are thoughtful. Well, I absolutely want to thank, first of all, the givers who have been donating to KKFI over the years and have made it possible. I remember when KKFI was located down on the West End near uh, Westport, and it's been around for so many years, and I have counted on KKFI for the entertainment. I needed to hear mature music, uh, the blues, the whatever was always made available, and talk shows. Talk shows are so important 
informative. When we think we're alone and we listen to a radio show that's talking about something that's near and dear to us, we appreciate that. We appreciate knowing that someone else is thinking like us or feeling what we're feeling. So I would really like to invite those new donors. Don't hesitate. There's so many ways we can get our donations done now. KKFI.org or call 888-931-0901. And I heard you mention earlier, Teresa, that Facebook, go to the Facebook page. And so there's so many ways that you That's don't, an easy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. even have to get in the car. You don't mm-hmm. have to like mail anything. You don't have to rush the check-in before the deadline. You have many options. And I look forward to this hour helping KKFI reach our goal and make it happen. Okay, we're going to go to our program. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Mike. His uh, medicine show is following us this morning at 10 o'clock. We'll be right back. Are you a bluegrass fan? We've got that for you on the Morning Medicine Show. Want to hear electronic music from Finland from the 1980s? Galactic Supermarket will have that for you. How about vintage soul and acid jazz? Dub's Groove is the show for you. The newest classical music? You can find it on the Classical Challenge. And the list goes on. KKFI is the place where musical passions find a voice but it can't happen without your support. Call us and make your pledge now to keep the musical passions playing or do so online at kkfi.org. We're going to go now to our interview, our regular show. It's live. Macy Jones speaking to Keith Brownell. Good morning, Mr. Brown Eagle. Good morning, sir. Yeah, I'd like to thank you for being on the show this morning doing our pledge drive. And once again, that number to call if, if you wish to donate is 888-931-0901. And Angela and Katrina will be glad to take your call. Yes, Mr. Brown Eagle, you are truly a success story. Uh, you were incarcerated at what time? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I was incarcerated for 36 years in the uh, Missouri Department of Corrections. I know that may sound like this an extremely long time, and it is, believe me. But the length of confinement that they are making people endure nowadays, I mean, it is it is insane. You know, 40, 50 years and things like that. Uh, so... I mean, when I take into consideration how long some other people have been incarcerated, you know, I, I, I kind of just I just shut up about my little 36 years because things don't seem like it's really relevant. Now, when I first got out of prison, uh, it was a different set of circumstances. All I simply had to do was tell somebody that I had been locked up 36 years and they'd almost fall out of their seat. Like, I can't believe that you've been locked up that long. Well, you know, when they when I tell them now that you've got people that's been locked up a lot longer than I have, uh, I'm and, and, and it gets to a point now where it's so common, it don't seem to shock people anymore. And that's one of the things that's, that, that, that worries me. You know, uh, if it shouldn't take, that long to rehabilitate somebody if you've got an effective uh, method of trying to rehabilitate people. And they, they get all this money, you know, for, for these rehabilitation programs and, and nothing is really being done with them. 
So I felt like it was my responsibility to come out here and try to make people aware. I, I want to see people rehabilitated. I don't want to see people getting out of prison, coming back out here committing crime. I didn't want to commit a crime. That was the first prayer I said when I got released. God, please don't let me end up in another situation where I have to go out and commit another crime. You know, so I, I want to see people get out, get their lives together, you know, and, and, and enjoy some of the beauty of being out here in the free world, you know, taking care of their families, you know, spending time with their friends and enjoying themselves. You know, prison is not a place that uh, should be uh, okay for people, people to be locked up in, you know, uh, and, you know, a lot of people they they get in these places and stuff. They, I mean, they they lives were so wretched when they were when they were on the street. Prison seems like it was a place to escape all that. But you know, we need people to get out of prison to come out here and make corrections and try to change some of the horrible things that's out here in society to drive people to commit crimes so they end up in prison. So your spirituality and uh, your determination and having hope. You knew that one day this time would come for you. Uh, eventually, I came to realize that. But there was a time when I when I was incarcerated. I, I was so lost in that place. It didn't seem like I was going to ever get out. It wasn't that I got caught up in the madness of the routines that they try to encourage you to become involved in. You know, because I was constantly told when I was incarcerated that, you know, I had uh, anger management problems and, things of this nature here and I was unrehabilitatable and all that and my reply to them was that I don't have a anger management problem I have an idiot management problem you got too many idiots working in these places and they don't know how to treat people well naturally they didn't like that type of attitude and that was the attitude that I continuously uh, dis displayed I made a effort a diligent effort not to fall into the prison routine because I knew if I ever did get out, it was going to be hard for me to rearrange my life and get back into the routine that I needed to be involved in when I got out here on the street. And that's what I've always told people while I was incarcerated. So the second chance aspect for you was a blessing. And upon receiving that, you made great strides in your redemption story. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, to be honest with you, I, I feel like I'm out here on luck. All the all you know, all the stuff that I had going on around me when I was in prison, I was constantly I went when I went to prison I had a fifteen year sentence. I ended up with accumulating a total of fifty five more years, you know, because prison was, was such a wretched place. I'm saying you have all these predators, you have you have all kind of a, a crazy nonsense going on with the prison administration. I kept finding myself in situations where I had to react and get more time added on to my sentence. So I got to a point where I felt like, okay, if I get out, I get out. If I don't, I, I don't. But I am not going to let these people beat me down and make me accept the life that they are trying to make me live while I'm in this place. So once upon your release, you turn around where the opportunities made readily available to you when you returned back to society. Yes, and, and, and that's one of the things that, 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 that worries me. That's why I know I could never go back because uh, the, the opportunities that I had or the few opportunities that were there when I was released from prison, they're not there anymore. And I worry about this with other people being released. 
you know, and I, I, I knew I had just one shot. I had just one chance, and I had to make it work because if I blew it, I wasn't going to get another chance. And I didn't want to be sitting, find myself back in prison sitting in there with no, it's, it's not only a matter of like, you know, they give these outrageous sentences to people when they commit crimes nowadays. I think Missouri, they, they got one of the harshest uh, uh, sentencing structures that they have anywhere in the country. And, but it's not just a matter of being given a long prison sentence. You age while you're incarcerated. You age while you're out here on the street. You can get 25, 30 years, or you may you may even have 10 years. That could be a life sentence. If you go back in those places, the way that they treat people, the lack of medical care that you receive in there, the unhealthy diets that they give you, you can go in there with a 10-year sentence, and you might not live long enough to get out of there. So your second chance is returning to society, you spoke of programs that are no longer there for individuals that are coming back into our community that would help keep them away from returning, being a recidivism or part of that rate. What were some of them programs that are no longer in existence? Uh, it wasn't just necessarily the programs. It was the, the a lot of times it was the attitude that, that uh, people had when I encountered, encountered them like one when uh, I'm going to talk about the programs in a minute, but uh, I think it was people that took a personal interest in me that helped me more than anything else. You know, when I sit down and I told them my story, they was like, oh, man, you know, we got to make sure this don't happen to you ever, ever again. You know, when, when I when I got out, I, I had this attitude that or I had been led to believe that people didn't really want to have anything to do with you when you got out of prison because they felt like, you, you know, you was an outcast of society. But over a period of time, things change. You have so many people who have family members who are incarcerated now, and they try and they are, are interested in trying to identify with people who have been in these places instead of the attitude that society or the media and whoever encourages them to have, like you know, you don't deal with these people; just cast them to the side because. They're no good. They've broken the law, and they, they, they'll victimize you and all these type of things. You know, for a while, for a minute, I was apprehensive about telling people that I, that I had been to prison. You know, but I began to realize over what I mean, not that I ever did that, because I, I, I felt like if I, you know, hey, if this is going to turn you off, you're going to run you away from me, let's don't waste each other's time. You know, you go ahead and go where you're going to go. I'm going to go where I got to go, because I got things I got to do out here. You know, but... You know, when I sit down and I told people my story and I told myself, well, let me first thing I need to tell you, I'm in course. I, I've been in prison. You know, I've done some bad things in my life. I don't have no intentions on doing those things again. And they look at me like you've been to prison. So what? You know, and that, you know, that, that encouraged me. But uh, 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 a, a lot of the programs like they had, the you know, the force, like when I first got out of prison, uh, there were places you could go to get help. You know, they didn't necessarily care about whether or not you were in prison. It was just that you was a person out here in the streets that needed help. When I first got out of prison, I was working with homeless people because uh, I, I, uh, what encouraged me to start getting involved with working with homeless people is that when I got out, all the information I was getting that was telling me where I could go to get some help came from homeless people. They all, they all knew these places. And if, you know, I would stop, I'd talk to people, some of these people I knew, I grew up with. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd see them on the street and like, what are you doing out here homeless like this, man? You wasn't like this when I left the streets. And they were like, man, things turned around on me. They went bad. 
you know, but they had information. You could go here, you could get, go to this place, you could get help. You could go here, you could get help. Uh, so one day, uh, one of the places that I went to go get help, one of my counselors, she encouraged me to get involved with these programs where they helped homeless people. I said, well, she said, you need to get, these people have, you know, they've been a vital source of information to you. You need, you know, to give something back. So I want you to get in this program where you can work and help with homeless people. I did that. And uh, I, that's where I met Jeff Humfield at, here at KKFI. He came to one of those uh, meetings that we had. And, uh, you know, I always did like, I, I thought it would be something, a good idea, a nice for me, idea for me to be able to get on the radio because I had a lot of opinions and things that uh, I wanted to <laughs> express. And at that time, the only uh, method I had of doing that was probably like through written communication. You got a lot of people nowadays, they don't like to read, you know, but maybe they'll sit down and they'll listen to you talk on the radio. So I got involved with KKFI and I've been here ever since. Yes, yeah, so Jeff Humphrey was the one that brought you into KKFI yeah, yes, yeah. as a volunteer. Right. And how has that been for you, man? Oh, it's 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 been wonderful. It's been exhilarating, you know, because it gives me an opportunity to reach large numbers of people and have my, regardless of whatever they think or what I, you know, a lot of people, they, they may possibly get upset with some of the things I have to say sometimes. I, I, I have a tendency to, to do that intentionally because when you get people riled up and upset, then you make them pay attention. You know, if you just talk to them and, 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 and uh, they just sitting there listening like, yeah, yeah, you know, so I know how to say things to shock people. You know, I don't believe he said that on the radio. I don't believe he wrote that in the in uh, 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 in this uh, article that he that he published. You know, and and so I kind of like I, I tend to enjoy that, but it's, it's also it's rewarding. You know, like Teresa, she said a while ago that we do all this for nothing. We don't do this for nothing. We get uh, an intense amount of self gratification by coming in here and knowing that every day we are contributing something to making society. Uh, better than 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 it is, you know. At least that's how I feel, you know. And and if it wasn't for that, I I probably maybe would have not not been here as long as I've been here. And along with that, you also the vice chair of Cure. Can you tell us what the acronym Cure means? Cure stands for Citizens United for the Rehabilitation of Errands. Now, I have to be honest with you. I've always had a desire to want to be involved in some type of community work. But I went through so much stuff when I was in prison. I was like, man, you came to me with anything. Talking about dealing with prison, I'm like, I don't want to have nothing to do with that because I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with all that. But I, I uh, one day I was on LinkedIn, and uh, I ran across an a, a old friend of mine named uh, Edna Harden Hetty. They call her Hetty Harden. And uh, I saw the name, and... I said, that's probably not her. I haven't heard anything from her in years. And, and uh, you know, she hit me back on on the, uh, on the on, on LinkedIn. And we started talking and everything. And then she explained to me, you know, when you're trying to help people who are incarcerated, that's a very arduous task. You know, you don't find a lot of people that take an interest in that. And she explained to me about the problems that she was having, things wasn't going right and all this type of stuff. And I remember when I was in prison, we used to correspond all the time, and she uh, used to send me uh, newsletters and, st and stuff like this here. And uh, so I kind of like, 
out of my sympathy for her, I said, well, I, I guess I can try to help her out a little bit and everything. And we got, we started this connection and, and, and uh, things start picking up, you know, and, 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 and they start going, going well. So, uh, you know, the organization expanded. We got more volunteers and things. Things just kind of, they kind of took off. You know, she had a pretty good understanding about what was needed in the management of the organization, and she relied on my advice and my experience, like, because it was a lot of times that I was able to tell her, like, I don't think this will work in this type of situation, you know, and uh, we formed that union, and, 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 and things worked out well. So she, unfortunately, she passed away a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, we're still in the process of reorganizing and things like that. Uh, I didn't step up and take the chairman position. I remained in my position as the vice chairman and because uh, we basically had to deal with the Department of Corrections quite a bit. And I gave them people so much hell when I was in the Department of Corrections. They was like, I told them, I said, if I stepped up and I took this chairmanship, they're not going to want to deal with me. So I had to have somebody else that can step in this position and able to do this. And I prefer for it to be somebody that was more like, like Hattie was because – she had more success in trying to do that. And, you know, the way that people's mindset is constructed here over here in this in this country, especially in Missouri, you know, I felt like they would feel more comfortable working with somebody, you know, that they feel like was less intimidating. And what we actually really had, we had a relationship where, like, I would be the, she'd be the good guy and I'd be the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time something wasn't right, you know, and, and it had to be dealt with. She would give that part of the information to me, and I, I'd write them letters and tell them how filthy and dishonorable and 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 ugly they were, and they, you know, and try to shame them. And then, uh, you know, she, you know, they 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 they'd write her and say, "Well, look, uh, can we work this out this way? Can we work it? Out? This guy here, we don't we don't want to deal. We hate this guy, you know." And I, that 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 just tickled my tickle me to death. I, you know, I want you to, I don't want people like you to like me because you don't not, you're not trying to do anything right. You know, if, if, if you had it in your heart to do the right thing, you wouldn't have a problem with the things I say and the things that I do. But if that works, okay, you hating me and liking her, we'll do it like that. Yeah. Like you said, you said something in doing the right thing. So your motivation came from doing the right thing, making that change to bring about change. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the f things that occurred to me while I was in prison is that you got so many people walking around. They got these business suits on and uniforms and badges and all this type of stuff. And, you know, the corruption that they are involved in, I mean, is insane. And I, I sat down and I, I analyzed my situation. I said, man, you got enough people in this world that's already messing up and doing some horrible things. I I need to be on the. I don't need to be in that category. I need to be on another side. I need to be on the side of people that's trying to make corrections and fix things that are wrong in this society, because these people that's walking around here telling you that they're trying to make changes and they're trying to make the world safe, that's not actually what they're doing. And I I try to make the Department of Corrections understand you're not helping people when you put people in prison. You're constantly abusing them and uh, mistreating them and things like that, that just makes them come out with a chip on their shoulder and have a grudge against society. If you truly want to rehabilitate people, you have to treat them like they're human beings. Now, if that offends you, me reminding you of this and telling you this, 
then that just tells me what kind of person you really are. They put these messages out. You know, if you look at the uh, whatever the, the creed or whatever it is they call the Department of Corrections, they say that they, that's their mission in life to return people to society uh, uh, as productive citizens. This is a bunch of crap. Nothing they do in prison is designed to make you a better citizen. It's designed to make you get out here and want to become a mass murderer, you know, or, 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 or some other uh, diabolical criminal, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, it's, it's if you try to talk to them about trying to change things, uh, they don't really want to hear it. And there's, a, but also, Keith, there's another side to the story, too, you know, of playing devil advocate for a moment with you, mm-hmm. if I may. <laughs> You know, hey, my family member was harmed. Or, you know, my house was burglarized. My, uh, my, my, my children were just uh, taken advantage of. Exactly. My wife was accosted. You know, you have, what about those people? How should they feel or what could you say to someone who has experienced something of that nature to... Uh, maybe somewhat uh, ease whatever their losses? Well, I've been victims of crime myself uh, even since I've been out of prison, you know, but I have to keep my focus where it, sh- it should rightfully be. I sit down and I try to understand what motivated this person to do this. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, I'm not a person that goes around like you got people, they, they oh, we need to just burn all the prisons, close them down and all that. No, I don't. I don't advocate that at all. You, you got some people in prison that's done some terrible things, and maybe they don't deserve to ever be released. You know, but our program is like, you know, first of all, we want all innocent people to be released from prison. You know, we want people to be treated fairly and humanely. You know, even if they can't ever get out. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I think that everybody deserves fair and humane treatment, you know, and, you know, if, if, if you, if the, even if they can't be released, that doesn't mean that uh, it's the prison officials job to add to the distress and the punishment that people have to endure. Let's, 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 let's still treat these people with some type of dig, some type of dignity and humanity. So that, that's, that's, that's what we work on. Uh, there are just some things in society that happen. There are things that happen to people that shouldn't happen, and it's just really nothing you can do about it, you know. But but uh, what we need to work on here in society is trying to create methods where those things won't happen again, where they can be prevented. And that takes us all. Yes, it, it takes everyone. Even those that have been where you have been and those that have been, have suffered uh, up under the victimization aspects of things. A lot of times the people who go out and victimize other people, and you have quite a bit of that going on in prison, uh, they've been victims of crimes themselves, but that doesn't give them the right to go out and victimize other people. Uh, I, I spoke a while ago about how much extra time that I accumulated while I was in prison. That that came from me trying to fight off predators and, and, and other things uh, that take place in prison because people in prison they have they have a predator mentality somebody victimized me so I'm going to go out and victimize somebody else so I was a victim of crime even in that sense there 
You know, I went in with 15 years. I ended up with 55 before I came out. I, one time I didn't ever think I was going to get out, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I, to a large degree, I accepted that. Yeah, well, you're doing an excellent job out here, you know, volunteering at the radio station and communicating with people. Also, once again, I like to express that this is KKFI 90.1 FM, and we're in our pledge drive today. And if you would like to donate, whatever it may be, the number to call is 888 888- Nine three one zero nine zero one, and Angela and Katrina will be glad to take your call. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Macy. This is Terry, and I want to shout out thanks to Ruby. Thank you very, very much. And we have other anonymous donors, and we want to tell all our all our listeners, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been it's been good having you here. Now. Also, when you were released, did you have family support when you came home? I had some family support, but I lost a lot of my relatives while I was in the process of serving my incarceration. And I also, that was one of the other things. It's it's very important that when you get out of prison, you have to have a support network. And I still had some semblance of that when I got out of prison which was also helpful to me. And, you know, like I had family members, they was like, every time I turn around, you know, they were giving me money and all this type of stuff. But they was looking at me like, man, we got to keep some money or something in this guy because we don't, he's going to go out here and do something crazy. And I was like, no, I, <laughs> you don't have to keep doing that. I got to find, I had friends that kept giving me money and things that I reached the point where I had to tell them, look, I have to find a way to uh, support myself and survive out here without people giving me help as much as I appreciate what you did, what you do. When I did that, that seems like that's when things opened up to me and, 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 and they started coming my way. So I was very grateful for that. And along with the family support was their community support. Say for instance, you know, I know there's, there's an organization called journey to life. Yes. Uh, uh, I think uh, Journey to New Life. Journey to New Life, yeah, right. with uh, Miss Rita Flynn. Mm-hmm. Did you have an opportunity to communicate? And it wasn't with? necessary for me to go to some of those places, but I was nevertheless glad that they were there because I knew there were other people getting out of prison who weren't as fortunate as I was, and they needed that kind of help. And along with that, when you went to those places, they made they made things of their clothing, things of this nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I when I first got out of prison, they had they had these clothing giveaways that were sponsored by uh, uh, this organization called Cop. It called it was it was stood for Care of Poor People, and the person that man that ran Cop he he passed on, but uh, and they haven't had, but but yeah, I, that was that was very helpful. Me having to, having to go out and try to find money to buy clothes and things of that nature. And that assistance allowed you to be able to keep some finances in your in your pocket to be able to get bus, transportation aspects and things of this. The Goodwill had a, a program where they gave our bus passes. I went and took advantage of those as well. And uh, I, I didn't have very much money, but, you know, things that were that came along where I needed money, 
there was programs out there that provided you with other things or things other than money that, you know, would keep you from having to uh, spend money on, on things or money that you didn't have. Yeah, I know that that at times you also battle with self. That was a constant battle. I, I, I tell people all the time, like, you can set up in prison and dream all you want to about what kind of person you're going to be when you get out. You're never going to know that until you hit the streets and you get put to the test. And that's when the true test comes. That's, that's the true test. That's when, when you're it, on the other side. You can say, I'm going to go out here and be a productive member of society. And then when you get here, it's like a big culture shock. Right, right. You're trying to figure things out and how to reacclimate yourself back into this free lifestyle. And it takes years. It takes, takes a lot of years. Did you still continue to have that idea? How long did it take for you to? Well, it took me probably, I think it takes the average person maybe about five years to really get to the point where they, if you can make it out here for five years, you should be well on your way to being successful. Uh, I've been out 15 years, and I'm I'm glad for that, and I'm I'm going to try to make it as, as out here as long as I can. I'll probably never be able to get the time in on the street that I spent in prison, but I'm grateful for the time that I've had. Yes, my name is Macy Jones. This is KKFI 90.1 FM. During our pledge drive, I'm interviewing Mr. Keith Brown Ill. The... We'll take a time break. Hi, this is Link, and I'm a volunteer here at KKFI, and I'm here because I think Hard Knock Radio is a show that deserves your financial support. Hard Knock Radio is a hip-hop talk show from KPFA, a community radio station without corporate underwriting. It gives voice to issues ignored by the mainstream while planting seeds for social change. This is not a locally produced program, but we think it is important because of what it adds to our mission. That is, it provides our listeners with a viewpoint that is likely to be overlooked, suppressed, or underrepresented by corporate or even public radio stations. If free speech is important to you, donating to KKFI is an effective way to demonstrate your commitment. Good information comes at a cost. We would really appreciate your support of this program. You can call now at 888-931-0901. That's 888-931-0901. Or if you prefer, you can donate online at www.kkfi.org when you click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening to and supporting KKFI. enjoyed today's show and that we leave you with something to think about, something to talk to your neighbors about, and a reason to get involved. 
As always, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the guest of Jaws of Justice Radio, not of KKFI, the Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, its staff or volunteers. You can find our calendar of events and a link to our show episodes on the Jaws of Justice Radio Facebook page. You can always listen to us live and find our podcast on the KKFI website, kkfi.org. If you have a show idea or want to help produce the show, you can send an email inquiry or comment to kkfi.org forward slash contact. This is Jeff reminding you our outro music is Higher Ground from the Playing for Change CD. Please tune in for the rest of our 9 a.m. weekday lineup with the Law and Disorder on Tuesday, Alternative Radio on Wednesday, Cowtown Conversations on Thursday, and Between the Lines at 9 a.m., followed by Understanding Israel-Palestine at 9.30 a.m. on Fridays. Up next is Monday Morning Medicine Show with Dr. Mike. And at noon, Arts Magazine with Michael Hogue. Stick around for jazz and blues in the afternoon and Eco Radio KC at 6 p.m. Then round out your day south of the border with Fiesta Musicale 